You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rates and Lanes with your host, Rico Mohammed. I want to thank you guys for taking times out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. If you have any questions, concerns, or anything that you would like to share, we're going to kind of have an open format tonight. We may be cutting the show a little bit short tonight. Just depends. Uh, I am currently sitting in a loading dock right now, being loaded as we speak. But uh, we welcome your interaction as always. And we're going to go ahead and jump into start the show off with the way that we normally do, talking about the USDA Department of Agriculture's truck rate report for fruits and vegetables. This report is already up. The link is already up on the uh, Race and Lanes Facebook page, so if you would like to have your own personal copy, you can go to the Race and Lanes Facebook page, click on that link, and you can save this report. It comes out every Wednesday in a PDF format. Uh usually comes out Normally, they, they usually wrap it up around 2 or 2.30 in the evening, but then again, you know, dealing with the uh, government, sometimes things don't always come out on time. Sometimes it doesn't come out until Thursday. Uh, but we try to get it to you as soon as we actually, uh, as soon as they post it and try to get it out to you guys. In this week's report, we don't have any markets that are, that are reporting any type of shortages. Um Shortage is the most extreme uh, distinction on this report. The, uh, the, the report goes from surplus to slight surplus, adequate, slight shortage, and shortage. And shortage meaning that there's really a high, high demand for trucks in those particular areas. And just like on the other extreme, surplus means that there is way more uh, trucks in those areas than there is freight. But in this week's report, we don't have any areas reporting any type of shortages. Now, we have a couple of areas that are reporting slight shortages, and those areas are Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon, Columbia Basin, Washington, Yakima Valley, Winchy District, and Washington State. Those three areas in particular are all reporting slight shortages. Uh, the other extreme, we have slight surpluses being reported in Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. San Luis Valley, Colorado is reporting slight surpluses. And Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley is also reporting slight surpluses in areas with an outright surplus of trucks. And it kind of goes, you kind of see how this report swings because if you go back a couple of weeks ago, Big Lake Central Minnesota was actually one of the areas that was reporting uh, shortage of trucks, and this week it's um, it's in an outright surplus. So uh, if you can, can kind of be abreast of the report early and jump ahead of the trucks before the word gets out that there's a lot of freight out there moving, it it can uh, benefit you. And like I say always with this report, there's rate information that is obtained on this report, but you have to take it with a grain of salt because the rate information is not really accurate that they have on the report. We just kind of use this report as a gauge to kind of feel out 
where there might be some opportunities if you have a reefer or if you have a dry van or maybe in some cases some things do ship on flatbeds and step decks. Um, so we just try to use this report to try to gauge where there might be an opportunity to be found throughout the country. But there's some good information here. You can kind of learn about the different markets. You can learn what actually moves when and get an idea when those markets are producing whatever it is that it produces when it comes to fruits and vegetables and things of the sort from this report. So like I say, there's a copy of it up on the Facebook page, Rates and Lanes, with Rico Muhammad. If you go there, you can get, grab your copy and kind of uh, dig into it a little bit more in depth on your own time. Moving right along from that report over to the DAT Trend Lines report, which uh, there's also a link of this report up on the Facebook page as well. So if you'd like to go there and check that out, it's there for your viewing pleasure as well. This week, uh, load availability has increased, but fan rates lost two cents per mile as a national average. Results vary by region. Outbound rates rose. In most West Coast markets, reefer and flatbed rates held steady. From last week, with seasonal changes in some key markets, rates may rise in the southeast this week as shippers attempt to move freight out of the path of the oncoming hurricane. And that is definitely a big story. The hurricane is, is moving in, so there may be some opportunities there to uh, get a pretty good rate going outbound and out of the, the targeted areas for the hurricane. And then coming next week, if you position yourself properly, there may be some good op relief material to those areas. So um, just kind of get yourself prepared and get yourself ready for – this week and upcoming week, is, hopefully it's not too bad for the people that are in the uh, in the in the uh, path of this oncoming hurricane that's coming up. But let's jump over into the national van demand and capacity portion of this report for the week of September 25th through October 1st. Van load postings increased by 10% and truck postings declined by 2% last week. This caused the load to truck ratio to increase. 12% up to 3.1 loads per truck nationally. The national average van rate slipped two cents compared to the previous week. This week, we have fuel prices that were down by 0.4%. National average diesel price across the board is $2.39 per gallon. Let's move over and check and see how the U.S. van rates were performing over the previous week, the national average van rate slipped by two, two cents down to $1.62 per mile on average for last week. Outbound rates rose in Los Angeles and Atlanta, but were down in Dallas. Taking a look across the country, beginning up in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in showing average spot market rates for dry vans at $1.69 per mile. Down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing average spot market rates at $1.79 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, we have Chicago checking in, showing an average spot market rate for dry vans at $2.01 per mile. 
moving down into the south central portion of the United States. Dallas, Texas checks in, bringing up the rear, showing an average rate for spot market bands at $1.49 per mile. And moving out west to the west coast, the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, checks in, showing the and actually setting the benchmark for dry vans at an average spot market rate of $2.02 per mile. So let's jump over, switching up the segment, taking a look at the National Flatbed Demand and Capacity Report for the previous week of September 25th through October 1st. We have postings increasing by 5% and truck postings declining by 3% last week. That boosted the load-to-truck ratio up 9% to a 14.3 loads per truck national average for flatbeds. Jumping over and looking into U.S. flatbed rates, for September 25th through October 1st. Last week, the national average flatbed rate held steady at $1.88 per mile, while the load-to-truck ratio increased 9%. So there may be opportunity there for upward mobility when it comes to the rates with the flatbed segment. Taking a look across the country in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Harrisburg, PA, checking in, showing an average rate of $2.91 per mile on the spot market. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, flatbed spot market rates coming out of Atlanta at $1.99 per mile on average. Moving into the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois, checking in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.17 per mile down into the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, checking in, showing average spot market rates at $2.05 per mile. Moving out west, Phoenix, Arizona, bringing up the rear, showing an average spot market rate coming out of the west coast at $1.67 per mile. And jumping over to the segment of the report that's near and dear to my heart, the reefer, Demand and Capacity Report for the week of September 25th through October 1st. Reefer load postings increased by 5% last week, with truck postings declining by 3%. That resulted in an 8% increase in the load-to-truck ratio, jumping from 5.5 loads per truck up to 6 loads per truck. The national average spot market rate for reefers was unchanged compared to the previous week. So let's take a look and see exactly what those rates were across the country since there wasn't much movement. Um, The national average reefer rate was unchanged compared to the previous week, holding steady at the national average of $1.91 per mile. Reefer prices showed gains in Los Angeles and Chicago, but outbound rates slipped lower in the Dallas markets. So, breaking it down across by region, beginning out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Elizabeth, New Jersey, checking in, showing average spot market rates for reefers at $1.79 per mile. Jumping down south 
eastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida, showing spot market rates for reefers at a dollar twenty cents per mile. Now, of course, that is the bottom feeder when it comes to the rates. Moving into the Midwest, average spot market rates coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, setting the benchmark at two dollars and sixty-one cents per mile. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, we have McAllen, Texas checking in, showing average spot market rates of a dollar seventy cents per mile. Moving out west, Fresno, California checking in, showing average spot market rates for reefers at a dollar ninety cents per mile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's DAP trend lines report. And as I promised, this week, the return of the bad and ugly broker report. And my, it's been a while since I've, I've given this report out, and there are some, uh, a lot of people that are jumped all over this report. So since we didn't give one out from, from last month, we're going to start and go all the way back to September 1st and, and talk about the, uh, give you a list of everybody that has made a debut on this report since then. So if you got your pens and paper ready, get ready to take down these MC numbers. Make sure that you don't have any outstanding freight invoices from these companies. If you do, go ahead and get a uh, jump on everything and go ahead and, and, and file on their bond so that you can try to ensure and protect yourself that you will get paid for these uh, uh, for your for your services if you've dealt with any of these companies. Starting out the list. On the Bad and Ugly Report, Our Specialty Transportation Services, LLC. Their MC number is 642821. Their trust fund was canceled. Over $129,000 in non-payment complaints reported. They are considered to be an extreme risk. Enhanced Transportation Services, Inc., their MC number is Nine three four zero six six. FMCSA shows that their trust fund is scheduled for cancellation on nine twenty five. Over fifteen thousand dollars in non-payment complaints. Very high risk. A and T Freight Services. MC number eight nine zero five seven nine. FMCSA shows that the trust fund is scheduled for cancellation on nine eleven sixteen. Over $50,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Williamson's Enterprises. This is a freight forwarder. Freight forwarder number is 10225. Freight forwarder with over $6,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Wudu Enterprises, LLC. MC number is 808. 777. Trust fund is canceled. Over $4,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Global Pro Shipping, Inc. MC number is 900508. FMCSA shows trust fund canceled. Over $5,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Cajun Land Logistics LLC, MC number 
FMCSA show surety fund is canceled over $78,000 in reported non-payment complaints. Crown Transportation, Crown Transportation Systems, Inc., MC number is 761977, over $35,000 in reported non-payment complaints. National Truck Lines, LLC, MC number 970549. FMCSA shows bond is canceled. Over $35,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. And this one is a little bit of a surprise. I've done some business with these guys before. Uh, this is reported as of yesterday. Overland Express, LLC, MC number 515790. Over $24,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, make sure, uh, hopefully you have not been snared by any of these companies and have any outstanding invoices and waiting to be paid from any of these people. But if you are in that situation, go ahead and move quickly before the $75,000 bond gets eaten up and make sure that you can get your stake your claim in there so that you can try to be properly compensated for the work that you have completed. And like I said, tonight we are open phones format. You can press the number one if you got something you want to say, you want to share. Uh, of course, we're always looking for more feedback and input on different things that we can do to help you in your business to make things go a little bit smoother. So we're standing by waiting for your calls, and while we're waiting on some calls to come in, we, um, we're talking, we've been on this kick about going out and getting your own customers. And we want to try to give you more and more information. I'm trying to set some things up to get a sales trainer to be able to try to be uh, kind of like we have Chuck and Henry Seaton as a monthly guest. I'm trying to see if I can coordinate a sales trainer to come on and, and maybe share some tips with us um, here on a monthly basis. You know, kind of to, to kind of be like a, a guest monthly speaker to kind of come in and share some different tips. I got some different things that I'm going to throw out there that um, that we have been using, but one of the things that you, we want to make sure that you are doing um, finding your own customer is just not going to happen by osmosis about it when you're doing it, if you're serious about it. And one of the things that um, that I recommend that you try to do is set aside some time every day if possible. If you can take an hour a day and begin doing some research on prospecting. And what I mean by prospecting what type of freight is it that you are hauling? Uh, what type of mode of operation do you have? Do you have flatbeds? Do you have reefers? Do you have uh, whatever the mode of operation that you are uh, operating on? you got to start taking some time out to start prospecting so that you can start getting a list of uh, suspects. And a list of suspects is just a, a list of people in the area that might be willing to do business with you. So whether that means 
why you have time at home off days if you're riding around and taking inventory of looking uh, at the different industrial parks, you see companies there to making notes of people to call on, or when you are out on the road, if you are looking at the different uh, lists that are available online for free, such as Manta.com, uh, ThomasNet.com, those are the, the areas, those are some free lists that you can go on and look up SIC codes, look at geographic areas. And, and, and like I said last week, LinkedIn, you can look up companies by specific names on LinkedIn to try to get people that are in decision-making capacities at those companies. More than likely, they can have a profile set up. You can shoot them a request to connect and begin a conversation their own line uh, and start trying to build a relationship that way. Now, you you know, uh, of course, there's a lot of people that may be being inundated by those things, but you have to start to develop and cultivate your unique selling proposition, something that's going to set you apart when you do uh, decide that you're going to try to get make contact with these people. Try to have an idea of what it is that they do and try to gather as much information as you can on your own. And, of course, when you get an opportunity to get them on the phone, uh, try your best to gather as much information. Make sure you got to sit down now and begin writing out a list of, of questions so that when you, if you get the opportunity to get one of these people on the phone or get an opportunity to, get, to take them out to lunch or something like that, make sure that you got a pen and paper a litany of notes and questions that you can ask so that you can gain and obtain more information. It's all about gaining information. And if you can gain the right information and come back and repackage it and give it back to them to where it solves a problem for them, because what you're listening for, you're listening for or nagging them, and you want to try to be the one to help create a solution for that. So, you definitely want to take the time to make sure that you're doing that in your prospecting. So we got a call that came in. We're going to go ahead and jump to the caller. We'll pick this back up. So let's go out to uh, we have Gwen in Wisconsin. Gwen, you're up and on live with Rico. How can I help? Hey, Rico. It's Gwen. I talked to you guys last week with uh, Chuck and just carrying out that uh so I, I've looked at uh, some of the lanes from northern Minnesota, and I've also been looking at, like, some of the ones that are, like, a day out because there's uh, four companies that do the daily deliveries to where I live. So, that, you know, it's pre- and they're all pretty steep competition. Uh, my question is I've been finding, you know, finding a lane that's, like, a day out, and on the load board I see some of them that list that is a daily run. I was wondering if you think I'd be better off trying to go with, you know, be some of their capacity because it seems like they may be doing it as like a, a 3PL for that company or if I'm better off just knocking on the doors. I can't really expand too much because I have a couple of years left in the Army National Guard, so that's like, so I can't even run every week because that's like seven weeks of the year where I have, you know, guard obligations taking out at least part of my week. So I was just curious about your worth of time. I was just curious about your thoughts on trying to like, bid as part of somebody else's contract that they put as a daily and trying to build the business that way. 
I, I see I see what you're saying. I, I, I can appreciate a little bit of a dilemma because if you were to go out and secure a contract and then you happen to go for duty, then that kind of leaves you in a little bit of a conundrum as far as being able to service your customer properly. Um, the, the, the other aspect of that is do you have anyone in your area that you can network with so that uh, maybe you can build an alliance to 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 compensate for you when you are um, out for for national guard, you know, when you go out for for, for duty and everything like that. That's one question that you know I, I don't know if, if that's a possibility or not. Um, and the other possibility is, of course, you could try to get in with one of the brokers or the three PLs, and as as long as you are in a situation where um, it's a, it's an it's an equitable partnership for both of you. Um, you you're not and what I mean by that is you're not being slave labor for that particular three PL or whatever because you are you would be delivering a tremendous value to them by um being being able to be consistent on that particular run for you know, you can let them know what your situation is, but they know that when you're not at that guard or whatever that you are gonna be a consistent uh Star work in that particular lane, and they don't have to. You know, it takes a little bit of load off of their plate, and uh, you know, you, you, I would try to negotiate that, uh, negotiate that really hard. So that may be a, a good for you as well um, to go that route as well. And you might want to check with, um, um, uh, uh, get in with some of the, the. I don't know if they're LTL carriers in that area, but you might want to check with some of the. the what I mean by that is local LTL carriers um, that do do some different things, and maybe they might have some power-only opportunities as well. I know in certain different geographic parts of the country, there are, there are some smaller LTL companies, not like the big boys, not like your YRCs and stuff like that, uh, but they they have some uh, opportunities that, uh, that are, may be available in those areas as well, some companies like that that you can check in with. Okay. Uh, appreciate the thought on that. I'll I'll get offline so anyone else calls in. Cool. We appreciate it, Gwen. Thanks for the phone call. Um, and we're gonna jump back. Like I say, if you got a questions or concern, and of course, if you are experiencing some different things when it comes to race, by all means, give us a call and let us know how's freight looking for you. You know, what are you guys looking like out there uh, on this? If you're running on the spot market, if you're having some successes, and we've had some some uh, success stories come in on the prospecting front, and that's what I want to try to get back into, giving some more tips on the prospecting piece. Um, do you, you just make sure you do your homework on your company before you approach them? Uh, this will also help you put you in a position to where. You can come at it from a um, a more educated standpoint. It's like you're not just coming in there and you don't have any idea or any clue what it is that they're doing. You know, because then they may feel like if you get if you happen to be fortunate enough to get to a decision maker and you don't have any idea what it is that you know you got a flatbed and and and, and they're moving computer chips, then you know that's not a match. So you you know make sure that you're doing a little bit of research, find out um, one of the things also, you can look up 
the revenue sources. There's a couple of different ways to to look up revenue sources because a lot of companies uh, may be strictly they may be a pretty decent sized company, but they may only be shipping LTL freight. They may not have full truckload rates. So you know, don't waste your time on on companies like that. You know that that's that's not something that you are looking to build up. But there are you find a ton of companies. I know in, at least in uh, my areas in the uh, South down in South Carolina and Georgia as well. There's a lot of lot of uh, small companies, but they do a lot of LTL shipping. Now. There may be a niche to be had there if you can develop a lane to be able to consolidate from a few of those companies on specific days to pick up that LTL freight. And if you can consolidate that, man, I, I mean that might make a pretty good, a pretty good run, you know, and develop yourself a little bit of a pedal run on a regional basis if you can consolidate enough freight to make that uh, work for your operation. It's always something to be considered, and you have to take that under advisement for whatever for whatever that's worth for your operation and the way that you are trying to set your business up. But like we were saying, the different places that you can go out and do prospecting, if you're not just riding around the LinkedIn's, the Manta.com, there is also ThomasNet, and I'm trying to remember there was one other one that was a really good resource. I think it might be called Edgar.com. Um, let me, while I'm sitting here, let me see if I can pull that up to make sure I'm giving you guys accurate information. Just want to verify that particular website. I think that's the one with all the publicly traded companies. But make sure, I can't stress enough, LinkedIn is absolutely uh, a, a very valuable resource, and it may even be worth the money to purchase a higher level of LinkedIn so that you can get more introductions. Another thing that helps um, with LinkedIn, just like Facebook, uh, more so on LinkedIn because you're going to have more professional groupings on LinkedIn. Take a little bit of time and, and, and navigate LinkedIn and participate in some of the groups that are on LinkedIn. Make sure that you join different groups for whatever it is that you are shipping. Make sure you join those types of uh, uh, groups in those specific areas. You know, whether if you're shipping uh, flatbed stuff, you know, looking for like heavy heavy machinery and stuff like that, join. They, there are different groups on LinkedIn that have um, blog forms and chat forms, kind of similar, just like any other social media platform, but they have those different things specifically, and my Internet is on the fritz. Uh, so I cannot verify that. Hopefully we I'm still on the air. But um, check to make sure on uh, – trying to make sure that I am on the air still. Okay, looks like I'm still good as far as, let's see. We have another call. Mark, Mark, where are you calling from and how can we help? 
Hey, Rico, I'm calling from uh, Central Ohio. Went to a contribute a little information for you. It is uh, All right. Edgar. Edgar is correct. Is it all the pup glue listed companies? It's a great place to do research. Good deal. I just wanted to make sure I could confirm that because I, my internet is on the fritz right now. But we we definitely appreciate that. So tell us, Mark, what what all are, are you familiar with Edgar? Have you been on there? What all what all can you information can you derive I, from Edgar? And, and it's uh, it's been a while since I played with it a bit, but it's. Anytime any public company has to put out um, statements, uh, quarterly earnings, uh, looking forward, evaluations, they'll talk about the industry at large. They'll talk about what's good, what's not so good, where things are going. Um, it's just a great way if you really want to learn about an industry, that's an outstanding place to look. You know, pick, pick some of the, the top companies in whatever industry. Do your research there, and then when you're calling on um, anybody else in the same industry, you can say, hey, I, I, I saw that the projections look pretty good for the second quarter. What do you think? You know, kind of, It's a great way to start conversations. Right, right. Great icebreaker. Give you, give you a way to get a foot in the door. Any, other, any other tips or resources that your, – Your local library um, – I happen to take a, a course to a Kutztown uh, Business University. It's like an online courses. There's a tremendous amount of resources at your local library. Um, I'm a big fan of the, the Harris directory. I think it's still around, um, where you can sit down and look at any given town or any given industry code, and you can see who's doing what, how many employees there are, how many millions of dollars of business or whatever amount of business they're doing, and what kind of industry it really is. It's, it's another great way to do some research. Absolutely, and, and those are key things that you want to be looking for when you're trying to eliminate your, um, your, your, your suspects from your prospects because, and what I mean by that is, you want to make sure that you're dealing with a company that has uh, a certain amount of, they, they are producing a certain amount of income. They have a certain amount of employees because certain some things you can just kind of eliminate by the process of if, it, if it's a one or two two guy operation, then of course then the likelihood of you now that's just not to say that you want to eliminate it totally, but the likelihood of it it, it it can save you a little bit of time. They might not be as high of a priority as far with when contacting them to see if there might be a, a a good suspect to put on your put into your sales funnel. But that information is absolutely critical when you're looking at annual sales, the number of employees, so on and so forth. This can help help you uh, weed through some things and, and try to get to the meat of the matter before uh, spending a lot of time just uh, spinning your wheels. Totally agree. All right. Harris, Dari, so make sure you – thank you, thank you, Mark, for the information. So make sure you take that down. And Mark said another great resource is Harris Directory. I've never heard of that one in particular, but I'm going to start looking that one up. Um, and the other thing is, like I was saying about LinkedIn, make sure that you participate in the different forums, and that way that you never know who are the people that are participating in those forums, and you can have start conversations there, and that way gives you a way of building relationships. Because business is always about relationships. You want to build those relationships. So whatever you can do to make a uh, a friend somehow, some way, then that's a way for you to be able to uh, 
you know, break the ice or even maybe have an introduction. If people see, if they see that you're active in the different forms or whatever, then that gains, that gains you a certain amount of visibility. And they may not, the persons that you're interacting with may not be potentially your customer at the end of the day, but they may be the, the key to an introduction to someone that they know that you could help service. So get out there, make sure that you are doing some things to do some type of marketing. And all of these things are free resources that you can utilize. It's not really going to cost you any uh, capital out of your expense, but it's just going to take you a little bit of time and it takes you a, a little bit of being deliberate about what it is that we are out here doing. And that's the, at the end of the day, once you become laser beam focused on what it is that you're trying to achieve and you become deliberate about what it is that you're trying to do, you'd be surprised as to how quickly that can make a change in your life and in your business. you got to spend a couple of hours a day. Just make sure you spend, you know, if you, can, if you don't, I know time is at a premium, especially when we're out here, if you're still a, a one-man army and you're out here driving the truck every day and you're doing the paperwork and everything else, but try to take time aside. If it's nothing but an hour a day, and if you, if you think about that, if you take an hour a day for a month, that's 30 hours. And if you utilize those hours constructively, the amount of ground that you can cover before the end of the month is, is astounding. And then if you have a game plan set up for the next month and say, okay, well, I spent those 30 hours last month trying to get my suspects and my prospects together. So now I've got a, 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 an entire list of prospects this month so you got to have targeted goals and break them down to say, okay, well, this way, I'm, this month I'm going to go after them. I was just trying to uh, 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 pinpoint who it was that I was going after last month. Now i got a list. I know who I'm going after. Now I'm going to start making contact with these people. Once you start making those contacts with those people, even if they begin to tell you no, always remember to put it back into your calendar. When you call them, make sure you make a note when you call them and set a date to follow up on. Make sure that you follow up because it very rarely are you going to get what you're looking for on the very first call. The key is the follow-up, and I'm not talking about three follow-ups and then you kick them out of the funnel. Sometimes it's been reading from all the different sales professionals, those fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth follow-ups, if you stay persistent at your follow-ups, you never know exactly when you're going to catch them at the right opportunity to, for them to tell you yes. So don't always get discouraged at a no, and, and, and you can have different methods to your follow-up. Your method of follow-up doesn't necessarily always mean that you're calling them. It may be an email. It may be snail mail. You know, uh, it may be you just dropping by the office with, with a dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts or something. You know, and, and, and those, trust and believe, if those, uh, um, when you come in bearing gifts in the office, that you know, you become one of the favorite people that they like to see. And, and that alone may give you an opportunity to get eyeball to eyeball with your, with your particular prospects because that's something that brokers cannot, a lot of brokers cannot deliver that you have the opportunity to deliver, especially the people in your own backyard. You have 
the ability to have that personal interaction. Whereas they just dealing with most brokers, the majority of them are just making phone calls and emails, and it gets kind of cold and it gets kind of, you know, yeah, there may be a, a developing a relationship. There's nothing like that human to human, eyeball to eyeball, belly button to belly button interaction with another human being. Um, that, for someone to be able to see, look into your eyes, you and empathize with what it is that you're saying and, and get across to them, that goes a long, long way. So make sure that you, and, and that's, I know that's difficult. I know that's big, hairy, scary, audacious goals for some of us. We start palms getting sweaty and a voice gets to crackling a little bit, but you have to challenge and, and come out of your comfort zone. There's no growth that happens in the comfort zone. So we have to be willing to challenge ourselves. And, and it's, you know, it sounds crazy, whatever, but it's not really. Practice with your spouse at home sometimes. Get get together. Take some time to write out a, um, you don't want to sound canned, but you want to take an opportunity to write out a, a speech, write out a sales, a sales script to make sure that you got all of your things highlighted. Memorize it. So that if you got it memorized, you don't doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spit it out, that you have to regurgitate it, um, sounding like a robot or anything. If you got it memorized, you definitely know all the high points in your elevator pitch or your your, your sales pitch or whatever. Then you can kind of work that into the conversation when you're talking with someone. But you can use some time to practice at home with your spouse, with your uh, uh, you know with your wife or with your children. That develops the will help you develop the confidence so that when you go out there to go knock on some doors and everything that you're not um less least likely or less likely to be fumbling over your words and just you know sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and calm down and just say to yourself you know I got this I got this and trust and believe have confidence in yourself if you go in there if you know your stuff you've done your research you will you will be prepared, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I got some um, working on a couple of different people, kind of trying to see well what's in it for me if I come on the show or whatever. Because a lot of these sales guys and stuff that these uh, guys that teach a lot of the sales stuff, you know, they have courses and stuff like that that they're trying to sell, and I'm just, I'm trying to not necessarily bring something to the table to where we would have to be buying something, but if but if they but if I have to try to sweeten the pot if they, for them to come on, for them to be able to pitch their product or whatever, I'm going to ask them on the behalf of our listeners, hey, if you got something that you're trying to sell to our guys as far as a, a system, your sales system or whatever, you need to be given, you know, give us a, 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 a nice discount, something that they're not going to get anywhere else if that so be the case. But I'm trying to work something out to where, uh, I can get them to come on, and where it's not gonna, where it be completely free, where we're not have, at, under any obligation to do anything. Uh, but I want to try to get the information, get them to come and bring the information to us. And then, if there's something that you guys want to do on your own, then that that may be a, a possibility as well. But uh, I'm just trying to get them to come on, and I'm trying to vet them to make sure that before I bring anybody, you know, introduce anybody to you guys, that these are, they actually have the credentials that they've actually been out there and, and been successful at what it is that they do. Times with the different people that, that are selling stuff, 
and I tell people this all the time. Some, I get a lot of phone calls about people wanting to go to brokering school and different things like that. A lot of these brokering schools, you have to be really, really careful when dealing with them because the majority of their income comes from uh, theoretically teaching you how to do brokering, but they haven't really moved any freight in years. Um, if you're looking at any brokering schools, ask them for their MC number for their brokerage and go to the low board and see if you ever see them move any freight. If you don't ever see them moving any freight, then guess what? That's a, a stone-cold indication for you to run the opposite direction because they're selling you theories and not necessarily real-world applications and real-world things that are going to work. And what we want here, we want things that are going to work, not just theories. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm probably going to have to get ready to get out of here. I'm going to have to cut the show a little bit short because, like I was telling you at the beginning of the show, they got me in a loading dock, and they're waving at me right now. The guy is <laughs> looking at me. I'm coming, sir. That said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to probably wrap the show up a little bit earlier tonight. I um, got to reach out to Henry Seaton. He's back in the country now. Um, I think he told me in an email that he that has the book completed that he was working on, and I think it's going to be ready for release here really, really soon. So we're going to be looking forward to that. He's going to be joining us this month. Uh, he said he may be willing to come on twice this month to maybe make up for last month since he wasn't with us. But uh, make sure that you got – if you got any legal questions or whatever, shoot them over to us on the uh, Facebook page on Rates and Lanes. Any transportation law questions, shoot them over to us so we can try to pass them all so we'll have them in the kitty when uh, when Hank joins us on his next trip. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank everybody for taking time out of their schedule to join us tonight. Uh, thank Kevin and Lisa Rutherford, the entire Less Truck team, for giving us a platform to bring this show to you. want to thank my lovely daughter for taking time out of her schedule, even though I know I'm going to have to pay for this one way or the other. But we want to thank little Miss Fatina for taking time on our schedule to uh, screen the phone calls for us tonight. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you same time, same place next week. We're in a little bit early. We're going to have to go run in here and sign some bills and get ready to hit this road. But God bless you. Good night. You guys be safe out there. Stay in between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.